Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are. Maybe you're on the internet. I Maybe you're on the outside of Australia. Like... Not in the country, but wherever you are, you are listening to The Breakfast Show and you're joined by myself, Lawson, and someone new, someone fresh. I've got sitting across from me, Nathan. Nathan, how are you going this morning? Yeah, mate, I'm going really well. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me on the show. Yeah, we're stoked to have you here hosting. Where have you come from this morning to, to host Faith FM? Uh, this morning I've come from Sydney, actually. Not <laughs> where I reside, however. I reside out in Coonabarabran, but uh-huh. I've come from Sydney, yeah. Oh, a bit of a, a, bit of a drive up. How long did it take you to get here? Uh, about an hour okay. from where I came from, yeah. About an hour. Man, you must be really north or really Really fast. north, really north. Okay, top, okay, top, okay yeah. fair enough. Pra- top, praise yeah. God, praise yeah. God. <laughs> no, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and usually we start off, Nathan, we ask each other, well, what are we grateful for? What are you grateful for this morning, Nathan? Listen, I, I just came from Sydney, like I said. Mm. Uh, I was visiting my kids. Mm. Uh, they live in Sydney. I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to spend time with them. Mm, mm. Absolutely. That's awesome. Man, I am incredibly grateful that I had just a fantastic weekend. Like really, good, like a really good time at church, and it was like the perfect time because right now at my church, so I'm at a church, Avondale University Church. It's attached to the university there, but the uni's come to an end, so most of the students go home to wherever they reside. So the young adult population of the church definitely diminishes, and I decided to go to a different Sabbath school, which is you know we get together and, and do a little bit of a group discussion and a study. Uh, basically of what we'd been studying through on Faith FM, we'd been looking at the three cosmic messages, the three angels' messages. I joined this study group, and the majority of the people there were mid- middle-aged, but because they're just amazing middle-aged people, it turned into, oh, Lawson, come to our house for lunch, we'll hook you up. And so just had the best afternoon meeting all these people in my church who I hadn't really spoke to before, but also being blessed to spend time and eat with them. So coming up in today's show, we're going to be talking about a number of things, doing an interview on politics and prophecy with Justin Lawman as we have become accustomed to on a Monday morning as well as talking about information and who should control it who should who should regulate it who mm. should have that say we're going to be talking about all of that after this you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different here on faith fm you're joined by myself Lawson and we got Nathan in today just doing a fantastic job joining us. I think it's a fantastic job already that you were just willing to sign up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just saying. Oh, yep. I'll, I'll jump in and hang out with Lawson for two hours. Man, fantastic work. Um, but hey, we are going to have our first quiz for today. So go for it. Yeah, yeah. Give it uh, to so us. this is the first question for our breakfast show quiz. Mm. Uh, the question is: Who baptized Jesus before mm. his ministry commenced? Mm. Now, if you want to answer this question, uh, please text in on uh, 0491-064-669. And there is a prize attached to this. If you answer this question, you uh, we are giving away this Friday the Revive Cookbook number 8. Mm. Uh, these are great cookbooks. I've got them myself. There's some beautiful recipes in there. The question again is... Who baptized Jesus before his ministry commenced? Mm, absolutely. If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or, to, well, to text. is the number to text this morning. And if you text him with the correct answer, again, you'll be getting 
chances into our draw that is coming on Friday at the end of the week. So again, 0491-064-669. Who baptized Jesus before his ministry commenced? An easy one to start us off on Monday morning. Now, I've, I've been tasked with sharing some good news. And I thought I'd start my section off by just, just asking you a little bit about yourself, Nate. So we've got Nathan Adrioli in front of us. You said your, your, your kids are in Sydney, but you're not residing there at the moment. Yes, that's right. My kids are in Sydney, uh, 100%, but I'm actually residing in Coonabarabran. Oh, amazing. Uh, which is about, uh, from here, it's probably five hours west. Yeah, yeah, just way out west, <laughs> way out you west. know, what some people may call whoop-whoop. I've never gotten out to Coonabarabran before, but what's like this, the, this landscape like out there? Okay, so that's in the war- it's situated in the Warren Bungles. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of mountainous range right next wow. to the, the township of Coonabarabran. It's a country town. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very close knit community. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you know, everyone, everyone knows your business. Oh wow, that's awesome! What are you doing out there? So I'm actually pastoring two churches out there. Oh, um, powerful! Pastoring the Adventist Church at Coonabarabran and the Adventist Church out at Coonamble. Oh, that is awesome. Praise God. So we've got an Adventist pastor joining us this morning. And yeah, it's, it's awesome to see a presence out in places where it's, it's, it's a far off, you know, compared to Newcastle. It is way out, but it's, uh, pr- praise God that the ministry is going on out there. And I could imagine, how long have you been out there for? Oh, just about six months. About six yeah. months. Okay. So still settling in, you know, seeing how it runs, seeing how it flows, but I'm sure. You know, a town's so small, you're already Man, picking I, up the names and getting to know people. I'm in, I'm in the clicks. That's it. We're, we're good. We're, we're roaring away. Oh, that is amazing. Well, we are so stoked to have you here this morning with us, Nathan. And, well, let's talk about some other good news. Some other good news this morning. Okay, so I love, when we talk about good news, I love talking about good news in regards to, like, health or in, advancements in health technology and whatnot. And one story that is coming out of England is that in a supermarket there, which is, uh, you know, just a regular old supermarket, your Coles, Woolies, Aldi, whatever it may be, uh, they have put a bunch of ECG machines into the handles of the shopping carts there. So they... It, People, you'll go to your local supermarket, you'll pay your $1 or whatever, you know, you'll slip your little coin in to get your shopping cart. And while you're driving it around, it is doing a diagnostics check on your cardiovascular and your your your, your heart, right. essentially. So, so an ECG is like a heart rate monitor, right? That's right. Yeah, okay. That's right. So it's a heart rate monitor. And the reason that they have this is because they're testing for a Atrial fibrillation, fib, fibrillation, fibrillation, mm. which is essentially one of the most common indicating factors to whether people are going to have strokes. Right. And so you're, again, you've come to the supermarket, you're like, I need to do my weekly shopping, and you can get checked out as to whether you are at risk of a stroke. In fact, people who have atrial fibrillation, uh, people who have this disorder are five times more likely to have a stroke. And so this is being rolled out just at the moment as a volunteer, you know, as a trial. And they had 2,000 people come in and, and do this trial. And out of these 2,000 people, they detected 39 people already who 
had this disorder and who were at greater risk. And so then, you know, set them up with going to their doctors and, and seeking medical attention to be able to, to sort out this problem. So potentially this is a life save. This could save someone's life exactly. by literally going shopping. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You walk into the shopping center and you grab your cart. It, it works very similarly to, you know, if you've ever gone to the gym where you use like the elliptical or something like that, you put your hands on and it just gives you like your basic heart rate to know how you're going. If you're not wearing a watch or anything like that. But this one is, yeah, doing ECG diagnostics and, wow. and yeah. But then I'm like, okay, I really wanted to have a good diagnostic check. But what if I need to take my hand off to like grab my box of wheat bix or something? Does that break it? Now, I was reading more about it and these, this technology, it's, it's cutting edge. It's at the front end of, of ECG machines and, and basically being able to do that reading through your hands. And, and yeah, it's already doing a fantastic job. Like the statistics of how many people should have some kind of, you know, disorder like atrial fibrillation. Uh, the the statistics on that and how they lined, like how many people that they suspect have that in the world and how many people that they see have that in the world versus within their control group was pretty much the same. So they were pretty confident that, oh, we are picking up pretty much everyone who is having this issue. No one's falling through the cracks here. Wow. It's statistically just completely lining up. So I'm like, wow, this is this is fantastic news. I guess I need to get my hands on one of these things, literally, um, so that I can know that I'm okay. But yeah, it's like, hey, I, you know, maybe you struggle with high blood pressure or something like that, and you're thinking, oh man, I need to do my my checkup, you know, I, I need a, oh, I need a, I have some kind of cardiovascular problem. Just go down to the supermarket. <laughs> Get your You've got it right up. there. Absolutely. You know, as opposed to, like, I have ECG functionality on my watch and it does a bunch of things, but you don't need to buy a watch anymore. Mate, just, just go down to, just go down to Coles and you'll be right. Hey, I've got some other news as well in the area of health, but this is specifically here in Australia and it's to do with animal well-being and mental health. So I, I was reading initially about this. I'm like, man, animals probably get stressed about a lot of things, but simultaneously it's kind of the nature of the game. They, <laughs> that's their environment. But particularly they have been, uh, Flinders University in South Australia, they have been monitoring penguins and koalas. And particularly in the area of koalas, they've been seeing what is the effect of uh, drones uh, on koalas? Like, does it lead them to a state of worse well-being or struggle or whatever it may be? Or does it increase their anxiety? Because they're thinking like, oh man, if there's all these drones flying around the forest now, which there are because it's an amazing way to enable conservation to take place because no longer do you have to get a a park ranger in their jeep to drive around they can just fly a drone around but then Mm. it's like oh how does this affect the animals and so they've put a bunch of heart rate monitors speaking about the heart again (laughs) they put a bunch of heart rate monitors on koalas to see like are they getting anxious as a result of these drones flying around because it's like oh man we want to you know the, the classic uh the the mantra of every national park, you know, take nothing, leave nothing. Mm. It's it's this place where where nature is taking place, and and it's awesome. I, I love going to national parks. I love spending time hiking and looking around and seeing animals in their natural habitats. But it's like, oh, the way in which we can enable these animals to have the best life might be taking away from their well being. Mm. But they've chucked these heart rate monitors on. They've done extensive observation, and they've found that koalas are just chilling. 
Koalas are chilling. Yeah, they're, they're just hanging out, sitting in their trees. I've got a friend who actually uses a drone to uh, round his cattle up. Oh, that's and amazing. They, they, he tries by hand, he can't do it, but he uses the drone <laughs> and they freak out. So koalas must be so chill. Yeah, well, koalas, koalas are just, you know... They're eating their eucalyptus. They're hanging in their trees. They're like, oh, that flying thing is a very strange-looking bird, but you know what? I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they found that they observed a heightened kind of vigilance from the koalas, but from their heart rate, you know, there isn't a great heart rate spike or anything like that. Mm. So basically, they can hang out with koalas now uh, with, and, and, you know, just make sure they're okay via drone. That being said, I'd love to just, you know, hang out with the koalas i'm like i'm like okay now I, I feel like the drone just enables you to find where they are and then you can just drive up to them and pat them and and hang out with them because yeah. they're just cute but yeah interesting stuff happening in the in the space of of heart health and it's good to know that our koalas are anxious and they're okay and living their best lives you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different and we are going to have our next quiz. Well, uh, the next question in our quiz is, what will test the quality of each man's work found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 13? Oh. If you know the answer to that question, uh, dial, uh, text in on 0491-064-669, and you can win the wonderful prize of the Revive Cookbook number 8. The question again is, what will test the quality of each man's work? 1 Corinthians 3 verse 13 texts us in at 0491 mm. And uh, at the end of the week, on Friday, we'll draw the prize. You'll go into um, every time you answer a question, you'll, your name will be, be put in and you have a better opportunity at winning the prize. Absolutely. 0491-064-669. What is happening in the world of news today, Nathan? Interestingly, Lawson, there's this new uh, draft bill that the uh, Australian government wants to bring in. Really? Yeah. Uh And so this draft bill is talking about online platforms... Uh, they want to be able to uh, turn records in, records matters related to misinformation and disinformation. So every time you put information onto a platform, digital Mm -hmm. platform, the government can require that and they can put it through a series of tests to see whether or not it's misinformation or disinformation. Okay, so they acquire that information and let's say it comes out that it's misinformation. You know, it's like it's I've I've said on, you know, Facebook, I've said producer Shell is, you know, the worst person in the whole world. She's actually a terrorist. And they put that through strenuous tests. Uh, she's not really reacting. Maybe she just doesn't care. Maybe she's like, oh, this is, this is who I am anyway. No. Uh, I put it on Facebook like Shell is a terrorist and uh, she needs to be stopped. And then so Facebook, they take this in. They're like. They put it through the misinformation test. They obviously find that it's incorrect. What is the repercussions of that? I guess there's there's different levels. So if it's misinformation, misinformation is you haven't really done your research. You've just shared a video and you've you you know you're not really sure what you've put up. Well, you think you know what you've put up and it's not really you know. So that's sure. misinformation, I guess. Uh, then you've got disinformation, which is a bit more of a serious thing when you actually kind of know what you've researched. Mm. You've put it up there, and according to the code of practice, they can say, well, this is disinformation, and they can give you up to a two point seven five million dollar fine. Uh, for any, if it's up 2. to their standards, 7. yeah. 
five. Wow. So it's essentially people on Facebook are now being done for libel. It's possible. It's, it, it, we're still in draft stage, but if this bill goes through, it's possible that you could cop a $2.75 million fine for just sharing misinformation. Now, the question is, is <laughs> what are they going to gauge the misinformation on? Yeah, absolutely. What are they going to gauge the misinformation on? And how can they really test like the impact of that misinformation? You know, like I feel like. I'm on Instagram and there are so many Instagram accounts that are just like anonymous pages that talk about things. And some of my favorite pages on Instagram are ones that are satirical, right? So, so like ones that share satirical information about say like the stocks exchange and it'll be, it's like a good laugh. And they're talking about how, Oh, everyone needs to invest in rare fish right now because rare fish are increasing. (laughs) This is something silly, but I'm like, that's not misinformation. That's satire. But okay. So I'm, I'm going to assume that the government is smart enough to look through that. But then it's like, again, if you share something on Facebook that is intentionally misleading but from the perspective of comedy, is that then misinformation? If you share something on Facebook that's intentionally misleading because you're like wanting to lead people astray really malignantly, is that like how I am again, the question comes up to who's interpreting what is misinformation and what's not? It's so difficult. Well, that's I, I think so as well. I mean, you look at recently with the COVID thing that was going on. Sure, you know there was misinform. There was a lot of satire going on there, and the <laughs> people were getting their posts taken down. Mm. So you know we we don't really know mm. uh, what their standards will be. They the the ACMA has been asked to create and enforce their own industry industry standard in that mm. uh, in that realm. Absolutely, but then it's satire. But then, as you said, there can be misinformation of something that someone has conjured up and shared. Like, like we can bring if if you bring things into the academic realm, right? You have peer-reviewed articles, mm. and you have like lots of people are releasing journals, and those journals can completely contradict each other on the same topic, but both be peer-reviewed right, yeah. because their research is is adequate. Uh, mm. Let's say if we got two chemists in here, and one of them was John Ashton, who we get on the show regularly. So he is uh, one of the world's leading chemists. And by chemists, I mean, you know, a scientist of chemistry. And so we bring him in here and we sit him down and he shares his information, again, from a world-leading perspective. But he's a creationist. So he's like, oh, obviously, these these different indicating factors show that God created. And we get another chemist in here who's an evolutionist, and he would point to those same factors and say, well, I actually disagree for such and such reason. Mm. But then again, if one person shares their opinion on Facebook, John Ashton, and another person shares their opinion on Facebook, evolutionist, and Facebook decides, oh, well, we're actually evolutionists and this is misinformation, then does John Ashton get a $2.7 million fine? Well, like- he would, and his, <laughs> if he had a comp- if it was his company putting it, it's up to $6.8 million. Wow, yeah. that is incredible. So, so then there's no ability for difference of opinion because, again, we share evidence and there's different interpretations of that evidence. Wow, I am, I am lost here. That's incredible. It also affects our freedom. It could affect our freedom of speech. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So you could just make a plain statement of of a belief system or or you know th- what you believe to be true about anything and it could possibly be censored. I, I'm thinking of like particularly about the ideology ideological side of things in regards to you sharing, say, a personal statement of of an experience that you've had. Like you 
uh, some kind. I'm, I'm trying to think of something that could potentially be controversial, but essentially, oh, okay, I can, okay, I can see it right now. Let's say someone gets on Facebook and they share a like a testimony of how they became a Christian and how they left an LGBT lifestyle, say. And in their testimony, they share about how they have, you know, since becoming Christian, they've found a lot more happiness and, and well-being because they've left that lifestyle behind and they could comment on that lifestyle and say, oh, I don't think that that lifestyle is healthy and I don't agree with it anymore and I think that it causes a lot of pain. Mm. They could, and I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony like this. Uh, but then again, from Facebook or Instagram or whatever it may be, from their perspective, they're like, oh, well, actually, we think that being a member of the LGBT community is actually a very positive change that you can make in your life. And what you're saying is actually really help- hurtful to those people. Mm. So, bam, $2.7 million. I, 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 I know that that's not what they're going to throw at, at everyone, but you'll be, like, liable for for libel, which is, again, usually something that is only... It's a standard that's only held up for... Um, professional journalists because they're paid to do the job mm. of journalism. Mm. Like they work for a newspaper or whatever it may be. They gained, they had a, uh, an income from sharing that information. But again, like my dad on Facebook sharing some post that might be incorrect. Is he, is he going to get done? Like that's wild. It's, it, there's potential. There's absolute potential, but they doing this under the framework of, uh, Mr. L and the government has no intention of stifling freedom of speech in this area, but instead aims to keep Australians safe. So they're doing it under the guise mm. of safety. So it, it, you, you have to really question, okay, so what is safety? What are we trying to protect sure. here? You know, who are we trying to protect? Yeah, and I think that definitely like online safety is important. And I think that we, we've talked at length on Faith FM about particularly protecting younger people. Mm. Uh, and that's why, you know, regulations regarding content that would be seen as mature, like people dying or, you know, some kind of like explicit type of sexual content and whatnot should be kept off platforms where they aren't accepted. Like right. like a Facebook, they have a terms of service and it's like, oh, this is our terms of service. You can't have da-da-da-da. I'm like, yeah, p- police things that are actually like against the law to share in these spaces. Mm. But then I'm like, but my opinion on, you know, are they, are they going to do me because I'm a Newcastle Knights fan and they're, they're <laughs> not? Like, I know that's, a, that's kind of a joke. Yeah. But a- again, I, I start to think like, will people's opinions all of the, all of a sudden become subject to harsh scrutiny, which I think opinions are something to be talked about and something to be debated over. But all of a sudden, if you're legislatively liable and will be fined for sharing an opinion based on you know whatever evidence you conjure up, as a person, like that's scary. Mm. I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I'm worried about Australia. <laughs> yeah, watch this space. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have our next quiz. All right, everybody, uh, get ready to win the Revive Cookbook this Friday. Your question is, who got Joseph thrown into prison by lying about him? Wow. And uh, if you know the answer to that question, please uh, text in 0491064669. And the Revive Cookbook number eight is what you will win. Every time you answer a question, you'll go into the draw. So again, the question is, who got Joseph thrown into prison by lying about him? Mm. The text line is 0491 
six six nine. And if they posted it on Facebook, would they be liable for a two point seven million dollar fine? Like that's that's that is the question. Hey, you're listening, not at the moment. You're yeah. listening to the breakfast show, and we have come to the time of the day where we have an interview, and we've come to the time of the week on a beautiful Monday morning where we have none other than Justin Lawman with us to talk about all things politics and prophecy. Justin, are you there with us? Yeah, hi, uh, Lawson. How are you going, mate? Oh, I'm fantastic. You know, it's a beautiful, sunny morning here. We're in the rural area now, so I feel like we're relating with you a little bit better. We're, we're out in Curry Curry. Um, of course, you, 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 did, you did some work here in North New South Wales, so you know what uh, I spent a bit of time uh, up that way, yeah. Absolutely. So we've, we've temporarily moved out here until we get our offices down to Kurumbong while they're building them. So, yeah, we're, we're just living our best rural life. Good on you, mate. Get out, get out of the city, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, uh, we are going to talk about politics and prophecy, and I just got to ask you. I, I've been given a brief outline here from producer Shell. She says four events that we want to touch on that are happening at the moment and potentially in the past, potentially in the future. What are we talking about this morning, Justin? Look, uh, hi Nathan, too, mate. Uh, look, there's <laughs> hey, so Justin. much going on. So much going on that I could do 40 things, but I'm going to do four big things for for people to keep an eye on in the news cycle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, we saw the the events in Russia. Everyone's heard tons about that by now. The the Wagner Group, uh, Prigozhin or whatever he calls himself, was marching to Moscow. Um, People are interpreting this a thousand ways. I I actually think that this guy is probably got a bit too ahead of his skis mm. he's had to, he got empowered by putin and uh he was putin's cook for a while um and he's he's ended up in charge of a military force he's been very successful and got a bit frustrated with leadership and way overstepped things i don't i'm not personally and i have no grand insights Mm. I don't think you can read too much more into it. I don't think it's going to change too much, but that's mm. just me. That's just me. <laughs> yeah. What? But linked to that, over in in Durban in South Africa, mm. the BRICS. Uh, this is more important to me. Mm. The BRICS are going to, and this is this new up and coming global alliance between China and Russia and now the Saudis, all these guys that are not necessarily wanting to decarbon their economies. They want to start to trade with each other outside the American currency. Mm. This has massive ramifications economically for the West. Mm. And they are going to meet in, in Durban, they're calling it the Durban Accord in South Africa because South Africa is a part of this group too. Um, I, let me tell you, keep an eye on this because this is going to challenge the role of the United States in the world economy, the biggest economy on earth. It is the last superpower in Bible prophecy. Mm. What's going to happen here, I don't know, but it's, it's got potential to be uh, monumental. So that's one thing to keep an eye on. Mm, absolutely. Something, I, now, you can ask questions, by the way. I'll, I'll just rattle on all day. <laughs> I think it's it's particularly interesting for South Africa, 
like as a country, they're in a really tough spot right now, uh, obviously because of load shedding and everything that's happening over there, oh, which boy. has been a huge, like mostly the result of corruption. Uh, the, the South African government, and, and that's why people are fleeing in droves. It, it has been under such sustained corruption and mismanagement of funds that has led to such a dire and drastic situation. I think for South Africa, like their only option is to to join this group and to move away from the US, USD and get propped up by China, which they were holding out on a, for a long time uh, compared to other African countries. But now it's it seems like it's happening as, you know, there are many places in South Africa that are missing power for, you know, 12 hours a day in, like, major cities. Yeah, so it's, yeah. and it, it's sad to see a country just, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to collapse, in my opinion. It's just... It's in major problems, as you say, Lawson, major. Can't even run the electrical grid for, you know, eight-hour cutouts and all this crazy stuff. It's yeah. just uh, no investment. Anyway. Yeah, sad times. Um, Cuba. Oh. Remember Cuba. the Cuban yeah. missile crisis? I, I wasn't I alive. Do. Neither were you. <laughs> neither do I, but I, I'm I made thinking... a good movie about it. I'm, I'm 13 thinking, days, wasn't it, or something? I, I've never seen the movie, but I'm just thinking, how is Cuba relevant now? Because they, they I mean, there's no, there's no missiles there to have a crisis over. Uh, oh, but oh, the, Ch- the Chinese have come in and taken an old Russian base oof. and are setting up a Chinese base. Oh which, wow! Um, guys that are normally in the in the Congress and the Senate in the US, which we'd call doves, they're opposed to war, mm. they're asking for missile strikes already. Wow. And we're not getting we're not getting to hear a lot of this because there's so much going on from oh. submarines going missing to all sorts of stuff in Russia. But let me tell you, I'm doing this in order of importance. This is big mm-hmm. because if America allows China to actually progress with this base. Uh, that's that's not far. That's ninety miles across to wow. to Florida. So I'm not sure this. I'm not sure how this is going to play out. But I don't think America can allow that. Oh. Um, and watch this space because you might not have heard much about it yet. You're going to. You're this going to, all right? Really recontextualizes for me the conversation about China's relationship with Taiwan and Hong Kong, particularly because the the reason China is so adamant about taking these countries is so that they can create a buffer zone between them and the West. And that is that uh, these countries who have the potential to be very Western influenced and put, you know, missiles on their border, the same as Russia and Ukraine. Um, don't now have the ability to do that. So China is like, oh, we don't want this pressure, so therefore we should take this land. And there is, I, I guess, a tiny part of me that sympathizes with them. I'm like, oh, man, I, I'd hate to have my enemies at my gates as well. But now <laughs> if they're endeavoring to to go and... So they're like, oh, we should have the right to take these countries because we don't want the West on our on our doorstep. But then they're like, but we want to be on their doorstep by building a yeah, base in that, America. That is that, wild. Well, they're going to do this. In, and I'm, I'm looking over the hill. I'm having a guesstimation here. Mm. I, they're doing this so they can say, well, we'll stop this if you take that uh, base away from, from the Philippines or you mm. move this base in Japan. And, mm. and that they're going to, I think they're doing this to set up a negotiation. 
Yeah. So they, they want Taiwan. They are adamant. And America, the last meeting they had with them, they America said, we still believe in one China, which means Taiwan's a part of China, which yeah. is not what Taiwan wanted to hear. So China's going for Taiwan, and this is another way they're playing chess with the West. But someone's going to miscalculate here shortly. The, the potential for things to go wrong just gets amplified when this sort of stuff goes on. Absolutely. Justin, how does this tie in with what's going on over in Russia and, you know, and China and Russia's relationship? Is there something there as well? Look, Russia got forced into the arms of China, in my opinion, mm. with this Ukraine war and, and Russia. Remember, their GDP is the same as Denmark. Russia mm. is not the big force it once has. They've got 6,000 thermonuclear warheads. You know, they're, they're a beast mm. there, but everything else... And, yeah, and their economy runs on, on energy. They, mm. they sell oil and gas, oil and gas and, and some coal. But they've been, they've been really curtailed and forced into the arms of China. And this BRICS organization, this, all these different, India is a part of it India. as well. Mm. Yeah. And India and China are not friends, but they've been, they're all negotiating together to get this new trade block, which will be, it will be a beast if that comes off. And remember, Bible prophecy says America's the last superpower. So that's mm-hmm. always the footnote to all of this stuff. I've got one last thing, guys, that I want to bring up. For sure. Go for it. And this, <laughs> uh, I, I apologize if you're on some political spectrum and I'm not on your spectrum, but Hunter Biden. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. All right. Shell, the, the resident American in the studio, just immediately started laughing, but we, we yeah, want to know why. Sorry, sorry, but okay. Hunter is a basket case, and in, sure. he, he left his laptop and <laughs> and even forgot he left it there, and it had all sorts of compromising material on it. People came out in the intelligence community prior to the last presidential election said, oh, it's, it's Russian information. That's all being disproven. And both sides, even the New York Times just says, yes, the laptop's real and the mm. content on it's real. And Biden, the president of the United States, the most powerful man in the world, who's bordering on, yeah, okay. Don't say that, Justin. He's, <laughs> he's an old man. He's an old man. He's teetering. Sure. <laughs> He, these new, this new Republican-controlled Congress has got some pretty, pretty tough committees that are bringing out not just accusations; they're bringing out the receipts. Oh yeah. And and one of the things that they've brought out, and there's tons more to come, is the fact that that an FBI whistleblower who is one of the most reliable FBI informants they've had in a decade, who's proven himself again and again, has come out and said the Bidens got eight million or whatever from ten million from from this group through China, and the guy who did it has recordings. There are seventeen recordings. Two of them involve Biden himself. Oh, wow. And then we get a WhatsApp text where Hunter says, this is back in 2017, the WhatsApp text says, my dad's sitting beside me, this is me paraphrasing it, this is to the leader of the 
uh, Belt and Road thing in China. I forget the official's name. My Chinese isn't great. Mm-hmm. But he's he, Hunter, is threatening this man saying, my dad's sitting right beside me, and if you don't give us the money you promised, it's like a complete corruption. Now, wow. normally, normally you'll get the right wing of the media will take up that story and the left will ignore it. Mm. Well, there were two um, two officials that came out and addressed the media at the White House, and all of the media, left and right, went for the jugular mm. on this issue. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of people may have missed that because of all the noise from Russia and, and this tragedy in the submarine and the Titanic and oh, la 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 la. But hey, this far. is big. This is big because the 2024 election, the Democrats are saying they're not even going to have uh, challenges to Biden. He's just going to be sailing straight through, and he's going to represent the Democratic side. I'm telling you. I'm not sure that that's going to be able to happen. The level of corruption that's getting exposed, mm. it is going to be a field day in a presidential election. Mm, absolutely. And I mean, this is something in, a pre- in the US presidential election, we're seeing this corruption and it's always regarding some kind of investment, some kind of money. We've seen that in Australia too with the ICAC investigations. We, we, like, I, I think that, and I brought up South Africa earlier, which is even... Ten times, a hundred times more blatant than those situations. But we are just seeing these political institutions just really falling out. It, it seems like no one can get in and hold a position of leadership that is that is uh, that is squeaky clean. Everyone is doing something wrong. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, mm. and it is corrupted politics. And and of course, there are degrees of it. As you say, sure. there are countries where it says blatant you you travel around the world to get through an airport you gotta have a money in your pocket you're gonna do the bribe thing or you're not gonna get your suitcase Mm. and i hate that as an australian we're not used to that Mm. but it seems like the land of the free and the home of the brave the united states in their political system has really got a problem that yeah. they need to address. That's it's become quite blatant, and that has to end if they have a future. Absolutely. Well, men, lots of things to look at. Lots of lots of spaces to watch. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.